you open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 20? And we're continuing our series on really God's commandments. They are commandments, but they are about relationship. The first four commandments are specifically directed at our relationship with God, to have no other gods, to um, not have idols, to not use the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And last, uh, this week, we're talking about the first of the latter five, these five that talk about our relationship with one another. And uh, several comments from last week, but we're going to get right into it this morning on um, this idea of honor. So Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, honor. Okay, let's stop right there. Honor, from the dictionary, high respect as shown for special merit or esteem, a good name, reputation, glory, recognition, distinction. The first aspect of honor really is reverence, isn't it? Our primary Hebrew word for reverence is shaka, and it means to depress oneself, to prostrate, to bow down before and give homage to one in authority, to, to crouch or to fall down before. In Joshua chapter 5, we find scripture says that Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did reverence, shaka. The word reverence is interchangeable, the same word, uh, the same weight in scripture for honor. And it's often used in context of worship. And Psalm 95, 6, it says, Come, let us worship and shaka, bow down before the Lord, our God, our maker. So uh, I, I don't quibble at all with Webster's dictionary. Webster was a Christ follower. But I want to give us a definition this morning that's going to be derived from the totality of um the, the message today, and it goes like this. Honor is humbling myself in the presence of God given authority and expressing my devotion with an appropriate gift. Honor is humbling myself in the presence of God given authority and expressing my devotion with an appropriate gift. Now, what is that gift? Reverence, right? It's respect. It's, it's deference. It's acts of service. It's obedience. In order to effectively honor authorities in our lives, we've got to realize that number one, God is the one who gave them his authority. He will work through them to do his will. We may not like that. I mean, there are some people that we've had as bosses that we may not like, right? Or those may be an authority over us, but God works through them. Look at what Proverbs 21.1 says, the king's heart is the stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wants it to go. And Psalm 75, 7 says, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. The second point is a fool reacts to the personality of a ruler. A wise person respects the position of a ruler. Now, this is a powerful point because there's been many times in my life, and I'm sure that you have as well, run into people who are in authority where you don't like their personality. They are unlikable. Some have told me that I am this way. I am sure probably that maybe you've had people tell you that maybe you're that way too, if you are a person of authority. I really don't like you that much, but because you're my boss. It's sort of like the little boy being told by his father, I want you to go sit down and he'll say, okay, I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up. That's not really honor, is it? Thirdly, our appeal is not to the ruler on the throne, but to God who put them there. 
In other words, the throne in this world, whatever position they be in, but our our author, our honor goes to God as we honor them. Romans 13, 1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. So if that's all true, what if our authorities are not honorable? Come on now. We're all asking that in our head right now, aren't we? I'll get to that at the end. So you have to stay for the whole service. You can't run to Starbucks and come back. You have to stay right here. This commandment is about honoring parents. And why is that? Among so many of the other great principles, would God put this one in there? He does because he wants for us to understand the importance of both young and old honoring parents. But more importantly, the character quality of this word called honor. It's more important and it's very important because the consequences for dishonoring parents makes life more and more difficult the older you get. Now we know that to be true. In fact, I'm gonna prove it to us today. The ability to give honor is so important that let me tell you what it's connected to in life. It's connected to salvation because the ability to give honor produces faith. The ability to give honor produces faith. There is no other way to faith except through honor. Exodus 20, 12, the Bible says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This command is one of two do's of the 10 commandments. The rest of them are don'ts. Don't have any other gods. Don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Don't, you know, this, don't do that. Remember the Sabbath, do. Honor your father and mother, do. Don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet, don't bear false witness. All don'ts, right? All of them have a principle of doing, the opposite. But these in scripture, language-wise, are posed to us in such a way as they are things to do. One of which is to honor our parents. Why? That our days may be long upon the land. I'm going to get to that word land in this message today that God is giving you. The majority of people that are in this group, that is the, the commands are being given to you in that moment. It's important to, I think, study in context and always study the Bible from a Jewish perspective because there's a lot more that's being said than what we can catch. And so what's happening is God is giving this command to people, think about, that just came out of Egypt, right? They did not go into the promised land. Only those who are 20 years old or younger, except Joshua and Caleb, made it. Why? Because they didn't honor the Lord. God was their authority. We need to get this right, I think, in our lives because God is saying, I am represented in the authority of your parents. You learn honor there first. And if you won't honor them, you won't have faith or you won't honor me. Faith is so intertwined with honor that it can't be separated. They did not go into the promised land because they didn't like the food. They didn't enter the promised land because they were simply disobedient. They didn't go in the promised land because they wanted to stay in the wilderness and they liked the desert living. They, they enjoyed the desert somehow and, you know, they figured out how to really survive out there. They didn't like the dirt. It wasn't because they liked the lack of food and they didn't like the lack of water. They didn't go into the promised land because of all those things. They didn't go into the promised land because they didn't have enough faith. In fact, scripture says in Hebrews 3.19, that very fact, so they could not enter in because of unbelief. 
Why? Because they didn't honor the word of the Lord. Get this. He's using the authority of parents to teach honor because later on in life, they will learn honor of the Lord because of the discipline of honoring their parents. If honor isn't instilled early, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Come on, some of us are old dogs, older dogs, older dogs than me. Come on, say amen. Yeah, it could be tough, right? Let's look at this text. There's six verses I want to read here from, and there are several scriptures today. So, so hang in there, bear with me, grab your Bibles. There's one in the chair in front of you. If you don't have one, I'll have them on the screen today, most of them, because I want us to really get this idea. Mark chapter six and verse one, look what it says. He went away from there and came to his hometown. Be like me going back to Enumclaw, Twin Lake, Michigan. Like That's where I'm from, right? So be like me going back to where all my cousins and all my family are. Everybody lives there. So Jesus goes back to his hometown and his disciples followed him. Verse two, and on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who were heard him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us. And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there. He could do no mighty work where his hometown except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Well, that's something, but not as many as compared to what he had been doing, apparently. And verse six says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. There's several phrases in this portion of scripture, his own country, just a carpenter. And I know what the term just a carpenter means. I, it means paying me to do something that you're too lazy to do yourself. That's what being a carpenter is. Come on, plumbers, electricians. Yeah, right. I don't want to build the deck. I just, I mean, if you, you really could, if I put a screw gun in your hand and a saw and a tape measure and told you what you could do it, but what? No, it's going to take me a million years and I want the house. I don't want to get dirty. I have to work. I'm, I'm going to get somebody else because I just don't want to do it. That's what carpenter means. Somebody that does everything that somebody doesn't want to do. Okay. <clears throat> and it says just a carpenter. In his own house is another phrase. His parents, don't we know them? They marvel. And he, he says that the quote is marvel because of their unbelief. What caused their unbelief? Dishonor. You heard the phrase familiar, familiarity breeds contempt, haven't you? Familiarity comes from the word family because we know the person. We know them very well. We've experienced them a lot sometimes to where maybe they get on our nerves or... When I was a young man, I, I, at times I dishonored my dad. Not being home on time, disobeying his rules, treating his laws as unimportant. And now he's gone. I just, I've dishonored my mom as a young man, knowing what I was doing creating stress and at times even making her cry. 
I understand dishonor. Honor and learning begins at home. Remember in scripture, the centurion said to, he said, I too am a man under authority. Jesus said, I have not found, found such great faith. Why? Because he understood honoring his authority. He understood faith so much because he understood that authority. What's the principle of authority? To honor those in authority. Hear me now. The reason that we are such a faithless generation since the book of Acts is because we are a very dishonoring generation. Young people that I see on videos blocking the elderly trying to cross the street disrespecting those in military service, disrespecting those in authority, such as our police, our civil leaders, our teachers, and obviously their parents. Because it all begins at home with honoring mother and father. This is the pathway to faith. If we don't learn and we can instill in our kids to honor our parents and that they will respect and follow, then they will be less likely to have faith. If they dishonor, if they're rolling their eyes in their life, if, they're, if they treat you with such contempt, it's more difficult for them to come to faith and have faith. This commandment's right up there with murder. You hear me? It's right up there with adultery. Why? Because God puts this in the top 10 because he wants for us to have great faith. That's the purpose of honoring our parents. If you find that your faith struggles, examine how you have shown honor that deserves it. You've heard it said, nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Isn't it interesting that those guys always wind up jobless in jail or in the Marines? Amen, Mike? Not the Air Force, the Marines. Why? because there's no sense of honor. There's not honoring of authority. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do. I'm, I'm gonna do everything that I wanna do on my own. There's some things that honor brings. Okay, that was the introduction, are we ready? Honor does some things. Number one, honor brings blessing. Honor brings blessing. Ephesians 6, one says, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord. Got that, Hannah? Got that, Tobias? You got that, Caleb? You got that, Thomas? Who else can I pick on here? You got that, Larry? Okay. You got that, Todd? You got that, Larry? Number two? Or number one? I don't know. You're, well, I won't say that. But in this scripture, it says, honor your father, which is the first command with a promise that it will go well with you and it, you may live along, long in the land. And we'll get to land later, but children are told to do two things. Obey parents and honor father and mother. What's the difference? We obey when we're in the home. When we move out, we honor. Because you're creating a new authority structure. When you get married, two places in scripture where we create new authority structures from life one, ministry. The second is marriage. A new authority structure begins at those two places that we find in scripture. 
but we find a certain amount of latitude. But when you grow up and you get your own home, then you honor, as long as I pay the bills, what I say goes. In my house, my rules, I am the parent, right? No matter how old my children are, I'm still the father. I will always be until the Lord chooses to take me from this life, and you are as well. They can begin to honor me, and eventually when they move out, they, they can... Um, they, what they can do then, they obey me now, but then they will honor me in their life. What all of us parents, every parent strives for is that they will honor us and then we will give them more freedoms, right? As a teenager, if they understand honor, no problem. But as a teenager, if they don't understand honor, we have to keep giving them rules to teach them honor, don't we? We have to provide guidelines, right? This is Parenting 101. I've seen many young people over the years go from one job to the next, never able to keep anything going because they haven't honored through obedience. Their father or their mother set rules and they were dis they disregarded those rules. They didn't, maybe their mother or father was not honorable and we'll get to that. But to obey when you're a young person produces honor when you're old. Ephesians says here that there's a promise for obedience. It's very clear. And many have said that the promise is that you'll live a long life on the earth, but that's not it entirely, or at least that's not all of it. The promise is that it will go well with you for the rest of your life. I mean, who wants to live a long life if things aren't going well? I mean, Lord, take me now, you know? But if things are going well, we want to live. We want to be about the mission of God when we know this is true. I've seen it many times. I, I have seen kids from the same parents raised in the same house. And I'm sure you have. I've got many examples of this. I'm sure you've seen it too. And one child honors the parent. The other one doesn't honor the parent. And what happens? The other one has more rules, restrictions put on them. There's more, uh, there's more you know, things that they can't do. They're, they're disciplined more often. The other one has all these freedoms because they're honoring their parent. And that, that's what we do. And when you're a teenager, when you have one that dishonors, they will disobey uh, more. They need more rules. When one honors, they obey more. They're given more freedom, right? That's just the way that it is. And this is why fathers and mothers are so vital and they're so important for the health of an entire society. You see that God's plan is a family. And it's governed that way. This is what the this is how the enemy is at work in our culture today to undermine the work of parents by introducing other ideas through culture and pop culture and media and cell phones and every which way or the other. There's all kinds of ideas out there that produce rebellion to undermine honor given to parents. And now it's so bad that even our universities and colleges and higher education are the fertile cultivating grounds for dishonor. And we raise up our children to honor us and we send them off to these places of dishonor. And more than 60% of children that go to university, universities never darken the door of a church again. Why? Because of dishonor. Now, kids dishonor in different ways, right? I mean, some kids are just blatant. Just, some dishonor deep inside, but they can't go anywhere because they have no money and they don't want to live on the streets. So they're just going to stay home and eat your food and live under your dry roof and all those kind of things. And then there are those that are outwardly like, I just, I'm just angry at the world because I dishonoring my parents and I don't like this situation. And, and I'm just, I don't, you know, want to listen to what they have to say. And so I'm going to go. And... The promise though here is wonderful because it says that it will go well with you. Look at Romans 13, 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. Just catch that. We read this earlier. None except from God. 
And those that exist have been instituted by God. Whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Subject is a big word here. Being subject to our authorities, to them, is, is, is huge. And in, and in the words here, in, in the Greek, we get two ways, really, that the words are formed that come from this language. One is from um, military command, and the other is from sport, sports and games and culture. And so this term is used in, in other words, you're going to be subject to your authority because other people are depending on you. If you're not subject, somebody could die if you don't do what I tell you to do. That's the weight of that term subject. So children, honor. We honor. I honor. I honor my mother. Though she is been far removed from my, I am now older than I was at home when I, you know, many by many, you know, several years, I've had a whole different experience. She's still my mother and I honor her. I ask her her opinion on things. She tells me she's not afraid to tell me her opinion on things. <laughs> this is really important. That's really good. But those who resist, the Bible says, bring judgment on themselves. I like that there's a couple scriptures I want to give here. Just I don't think they're in your, on the PowerPoint. But Luke 2.52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. In verse 51 earlier, before it says that he grew in all these ways, he was subject to his parents. He was submissive, the ESV says to them. Two Old Testament and two New Testament scriptures are talking about this kind of judgment. And in um, Exodus chapter 21, verse 15, it says, whoever strikes his father or mother shall be put to death. Exodus 21, verse 17, a couple of verses later, whoever curses his father or mother, um, his lamp will be, oh, excuse me, his mother shall be put to death. Proverbs 20, 20 says, if one curses his father and his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. In scripture, in New Testament scripture, Romans 1.30 says, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. What a place to put disobedient to parents with people who are boastful, haters of God, slanders, inventors of evil. That's equal with inventors of evil, dishonoring parents. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 2, for people lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Disobedient to parents is one of the Ten Commandments. Honor, excuse me, is one of the Ten Commandments. It is a do. Any generation that doesn't honor father and mother, to these, that's interesting. There's two verses in this text that don't fit. If you want to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 30, you have to read this with me. This is so brilliant the way that the author has, is the way God has put his word together here. So Proverbs chapter 30, there's two verses in the middle of all this that don't seem to quite fit, but I want to explain exactly why they do. Uh, Proverbs 30 verse 11 says this, there are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There are those who are clean in their own eyes, but are not washed of their filth. There are those, there are those, how lofty are their eyes, how high their eyelids lift. Ugh. There are those whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives to devour the poor from the earth, the needy from among mankind. Then skip those two. Then down to verse 17, it says, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be plucked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. 
this text is referring to, in character, those who are disobeying or not honoring their parents. Now look at these two verses sandwiched between verse number 15, back up a little bit. It says, the leech has two daughters, give and give, they cry. Three things are never satisfied, four never say, enough. In other words, these things never say enough. Verse 16, listen, Sheol, hell, there's never enough. A barren womb always longs to have children, right? The, never satis the land never satisfied with water. A dry desert that can't grow anything, it always wants water. And fire that never says enough. A fire keeps consuming, it keeps rolling. What I find so interesting, it says they don't bless their mother and father in the next verse, in verse number 17, and ends with, it ends with not honoring them. But these two verses don't seem to fit because they do, because it describes a generation of entitlement. It is describing a generation, the leech, right? I want, I want, I want. They say, give me, give me, give me. They're like leeches that suck the blood of others because they don't understand the principle of honor. Everything the scripture, listen, is a terrible razor teeth and all. They're just bad people. And all of a sudden, what are they like? They're like leeches. They're entitled. Give me, give me. I have to, I get a, I want to get a check every month and not work. I, I want, come on now. I want, I don't want to contribute to society. I just want to be a burden on everybody else. I'm just going to collect whatever I can without my own initiative, without my own labor, do my own thing. Because I just want, want, want without doing anything. There are many other illustrations about honor in scripture. Honor one another, honor your wife, honor your husband. Um, the first thing that Hitler ever did was he went after the kids. You know what he taught them to do? He said, if your children don't agree with Nazism, I want you to turn in your children. In other words, dishonor your father and your mother. When a culture says, dishonor your father and mother. They're old fashioned. Their ways are not worth anything. The things that they're telling you are wrong. And we send them to these incubators called schools and they learn some of this stuff there. Not all of them are bad. I'm not saying that, but sometimes, you know, they come back with these ideas and we're like, you know, that's not really. And I praise God for those who are doing God's work in schools. And I, I that's a a, a place where it can be done. But the, this grand idea that honor is undermined by culture is, is so true. Why is it under attack? The family is God's structure of authority on the earth. Mankind is created in the image of God, by God and, and for God. And there is an attack because we're in a war. Think about the war. The Bible says there was a war in heaven. Are you catching this? And God, the father, sees the contention of Lucifer. It seems to be that there's three regimens under control of Gabriel, Michael, and this other one, described as an angel, could be debated, is Lucifer. And, and these three are working and they've got these things and all of a sudden in heaven, there's this prideful arrogance rising up because the taste of the throne of God and, and, and all that it entails with its power and worship is there and Satan decides he's gonna fight. And so God says to, to Gabriel, I want you to take care of this guy. So two, there's a war in heaven, a great war, the Bible says. One third of the angels, because they were under Lucifer's regimen, 
under his control are fighting against two-thirds and they fight in this great battle and what does God do they're cast to the earth and the war continues you and I are called to be in this war and how is it fought not by might not by power but by my spirit the war is fought when we get on our knees and pray. The war is fought when we engage the spiritual realm by being filled with the spirit, by living for God. Right here, what we're doing this morning by speaking God's word is part of the battle of the war. You this morning by being here and worshiping God as we're just singing these songs and adoring the name of Jesus, you are engaged in this fight. We are in a war. We are in a battle for the soul of mankind. And let me tell you where Satan wants to attack. He wants to attack right there in your home with your your children and my children and tell them to dishonor those who are godly and loving Jesus. We're not perfect, but we are in a war. Pastor, this is heavy. I wanted to come to church this morning, you know, three points in a poem. I really wanted to. Friends, we're in a war. And I hope that we understand this. Satan was cast to this earth and he is still fighting the image of God. You, Cal, you, Mike, Pastor Sharon, he's fighting. What greater blessing on earth could there be that it would go well with us? What a powerful statement, right? That it will go well with you. I mean, no one wants life to go badly. We do want it to go good. It begins with honoring parents. So the ability to give honor produces faith, number one. Number two, it brings blessing. And thirdly, honor leads to destiny. Look at this beauty of scripture. Let's turn to the other Old Testament command location. Deuteronomy chapter five and verse 16 kind of adds a couple of words here that are interesting. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In the land, the Lord your God is giving you. Friends, God has promised you a promised land. Young people, God has promised you a promised land. God has a calling and a destiny for you on your life. He has great ways for you. He has great direction for you. He has a, he has a determined idea of, of how it could go. He has a, a wonderful dream, a vision of what you can be, but things will not go well if we don't honor our father and mother. God's promised land is for you. The overcoming Christian life where you live in God's blessing and in this life, hear this, this, this promised land, the promised land here is not heaven in scripture. It's not talking about that. I, I gotta know this because at that time, the promised land still had enemies in it. I'm not gonna go over there, but this is the calling that God has for every believer right now. That honor brings destiny. It produces vision. Look at this, another eight verse, nine verses in Matthew 15. I wanna read them because it's so awesome. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, what do your, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? I like Jesus. Every time he calls back at him or calls him a name, and this time he comes back at him. You know, white sepulcher, vipers, and all this stuff, you know. 
He just does. I mean, if you could be there when Jesus is talking to them, he's just snapping right back, right? And we get Jesus and blonde hair, blue eyed little guy with beard that's kind of crucified on the cross with a little blood to make it look, you know, happier. But no, this is Jesus like, I'm back. I'm coming right back at you. They're throwing something at him. He's like, I'm not going to sit back and just take this stuff. You got to hear the truth. And what does he do? He comes back at him. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Verse four, look what he says. He's the illustration. For God commanded, honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what would you have gained from me is still given to God. He did not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well did, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines, commandments of men. The scripture here really points out a principle of honor and that God says, I want you to be careful, children. All of us are children of somebody. I want you to be careful, children, in this world to listen and to obey your father and mother. Because he compares to these Pharisees, their religious attitude to being equal to any of the other commandments by dishonoring their parents. Honor is not what you say but honor is what you do and what you do in your heart. You can say the right stuff, but how do you really think about it? And how do you really feel about it? Now, some of us grew up with heathen parents far from God. Others grew up with church parents that were very bad. I have found that to be the case in some cases. I found I was in church. I was raised in church with my parents at home. They lived like hell the rest of the week. It's harder when parents quote scripture and worship on Sunday and, and live another second life at home because that's not honorable. So here it is, it's, it's simple. How do you honor parents if you were raised in home that they are not honorable? Here, it's real simple. Now that you know the Lord, you choose to. You choose to. You understand that you were raised by flesh and blood people subject to a world that is far from God. You may not have the full understanding of how they were raised. You may not understand uh, all the, the things that they were told were true and were lies. You may not have all that information. And traditions in church and legalism also were the norm back in the day, you know? We, we, many churches relied on the person or the pastor to be the word and the, the word of God for them. And, and so they acted out of human strength rather than the whole, in the Holy Spirit. And, and church became tradition. It just became something we do. And many churches are spirit-filled in name only. We're expecting a, maybe a, a hyped up worship experience, maybe a charismatic experience. But let me tell you, where, rub, where the rubber meets the road with the spirit-filled life isn't talking on tongues on Sunday. If speaking in tongues doesn't produce a missionary out there, then you're not filled with the spirit. If being, speaking in tongues is, you know, I think that because we're in church all the time, we are maybe be, we become calloused to this fact. But I can't stress enough how important it is that, that we find healing in our life if we have suffered this way. 
if we've been raised by parents that are indifferent to the gospel or they're far from God or they were dishonorable. Honoring those kind of people can bring wounds, they can bring hurts. And for many in a previous generation, church was more of a cultural thing rather than a genuine experience with God. It's time to stop thinking that God's commandments are old fashioned and just start believing that they are well fashioned. That they are intended for us, forgiving our bad parents, understanding their humanness. You didn't have to honor their actions, but you have to honor them and forgive them. This might be hard to do, but if you grew up in a bad situation, then God is going to use you to minister to others that have also and are also going through that similar situation. Someone that is being used mightily today by God was someone that came often from a horrible situation. This is vital. This is important. The significance of honoring our parents on this level by forgiving them is a big step. And sometimes in life, if we've gone through life and there's been damage done and, and we've lived in a home that was a wreck or that was difficult, difficult parents that are far from God or acted one way in church on Sunday and lived another way and we don't know what that looks like, then, then we need to come to the Lord and say, God, I, I wanna surrender this to you. Don't hold on to that bitterness. Don't hold on to those things because that's still being dishonoring. Honor your parents. I'm speaking to me. I was a hothead when I was younger and through the years I've had to, because my dad would call me at the church early on when I was a pastor here. How you doing, Larry? How can I pray for you? And there were so many moments of times I thought, boy, I sure did this. And I, and I never asked him. I never told him, dad, I'm sorry that I acted so stupidly when I was a teenager. Come on, teenagers, you know. If you're a teenager, you're a young person, and you acted dumb, you're mature enough to know when you need to apologize. Why apologize to the woman at 7-Eleven that spills your Slurpee and you can't apologize to your parents? <laughs> Lord, help us. Stand with me, would you? Worship team, come. How great is our God, the song we're gonna sing. And um, I wanna give us this challenge this morning and call to prayer. I like preaching expositorily through the Bible like this. Really, these are topics one after the other. And so it's kind of unique. You know, sometimes you, you feel like God put something, uh, directed you for a series or something, but I can't think of anything more apropos for what's going on right now in our culture than for us to be able to say, God, I need your healing. I need your touch in my life for dishonoring my parents. <laughs> 